Welcome everyone to the SC Mafia Strength and Conditioning Coaches Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Ryder. Together we'll speak with Springfield College's many strength and conditioning alumni and hear about their experiences firsthand. The goal is to bring together the great strength coaches Springfield College has produced into one open forum. That being said, hope you enjoy the episode. I'm the first one to say I made a mistake. And like I'm an adult, I'm a man, I'll make up to it. I'm also a human being and so are you. And I'm going to talk to you like you're someone's son and daughter because you are. I'm not going to treat you like you're a robot. Some athletes are robots to where you just tell them what to do and they're going to go do it. And then you have the athletes who you need to explain why you're doing something to. And I always explain why I do something. And I always treat them with the notion that I'm speaking to someone's son or daughter and they're trusting me with their child's life right now. And how would I want someone to speak to my son or daughter? Because if they're an athlete in college, the first person I'm going to get a good feel for is a strength and conditioning coach. They're going to spend the most time with them. They got to know that we have their best interests at heart, not only as an athlete, but as a person as well. My strength coach was like that in college. And I saw my strength coach at our convention last week for the first time, I think in maybe six years. And we just sat and, you know, we talked and I told him, like, look, man, like, you're the reason why I'm in the position I'm in. Ultimately, you gave me my first shot. So... I've seen strength coaches and worked with strength coaches that are not like that. And it frustrates me because it's like, how are you able to build a relationship with an athlete? You know, like I was that meathead idiot of an athlete who you tell me to run through a wall, I'm going to do it. No questions asked. I don't care. Like Everything my coaches said was gospel, but it's not the case anymore. And I realize it's how you treat an athlete says a lot about you as a person. Some coaches I've had the way they've treated me, the way they've spoken to me. I'm like, There's no way I would ever want my child to play for somebody like that. And so that's what I think about, man. It's how would I coach my child? How would I want my child coached? And, you know, we don't have, my wife and I don't have kids yet, but it's the things I think about to where it's like, okay, like I'm speaking to someone's son or daughter. Yes, I will get mad. Yes, I will cuss if I get that mad. And I will yell. But if I get mad at someone, it's, I don't just yell at them if they mess something up and then leave it there. If I get pissed off at them, at the end, the lift, I put my arm around their shoulder. I was like, hey, do you know why I got mad at you? Do you know why I got pissed off? And most of the time, it's, yeah, coach, I do. I'm like, okay, so why why did I get mad? It's like, because I know you're capable of more, or I know you're better than that. And it's frustrating me when I see you go down that path right now, when I know that's not you. It's all love. I tell my athletes all the time, I love you guys. I love you girls. And I don't just say it to say it. I'm like, you know, because I care about you. I do love you all. You all are the reasons why I have a job. I mean, if I didn't have you, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. You know, you're the reason I can do what it is that I want to do. And I'm here for you. I'm here to service you. Everything I do is for you, has to be for you. Because otherwise, I'm in the wrong field if I'm doing this for me. I'm in the wrong position if I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this for them because it's their program. It's their success. It's their livelihood, if you really think about it. Because a lot of these athletes, the sport is in their mind. This is all they have. So. Yeah, that part where you mentioned that Dr. Thompson had said to you about not being the best strength coach, but the best relationship developer is better than being the best strength coach, but a terrible relationship developer. I mean, that's something that he told me as well. And I know he tells pretty much everybody that comes into Mm -hmm. his weight room like that. That is what you have to do. That's your priority. It really changes your perspective because... At the end of the day, I mean, we're just educators, right? We're just physical educators. 
but we're really trying to develop athletes in in more ways than one and it's always said like we strength coaches wear a lot of hats but it depends on your situation how you're gonna attack developing a relationship with athlete i mean i'm seeing it right now we in professional baseball i mean you have people from everywhere all walks of life we have 17 year old kids from latin american countries and we have 23 year old college kids that never left their home state you know there is no conversation that you can have twice with an athlete because they're just so different and what works for one of them isn't going to work for the next because they have just experienced life in a different way and that's okay but as a coach, you have to be adaptable to that. You have to be able to develop a relationship, even though that person is different from you. And I don't think you're going to get there by by directing everybody through some cookie cutter type. I don't want to use the word, but act in a way, you know, like you're not an actor as a strength coach. You're a person yeah. and you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you are a person first and a coach second. But when you're coaching, you're just facilitating the development of an athlete. So why make it any more complicated than it needs to be? Yeah, we already try to overcomplicate our jobs. A lot of coaches, I do it too. There are things where I overcomplicate. I'm sitting there programming and I'm like, what am I doing right now? Like I'm just, <laughs> I'm just not making this so much harder. And the longer I sit at a screen and do it, I'm like, all right, I'm done for right now. Control S and just step away from it because I'm not I'm just going through changing stuff that I already just changed. And I'm like, okay, no, go back. Go back to what it originally was. Save it and get away from it. Shut it down for the day. You know, come back to it tomorrow or later in the day when I got a clear mind. So, yeah, we always try to overcomplicate. At least me, always try to overcomplicate programming. And then I stop myself and I'm like, training is not complicated at all. It's not. Program design is not complicated at all. The basics work. And then from there figure out what your athletes need, you know? You see it on Twitter every single day. Coaches love to argue about, you know, should we do rear foot elevated split squat or split squat? And it's like, are they getting stronger? You know, it, it, <laughs> do they like doing it? Like, are they are they putting weight on the bar and moving it? Because if they do one thing or another and they don't like it as much, like they're not going to get as strong. So can you create engagement to the point where they're putting intent into what they're doing? That's the bare minimum. And then everything else is just a bonus on top of that. That's why I stay off of Twitter, brother. I have a Twitter. I could not even tell you what my password is to it. Yeah. I don't I, uh, remember last time I posted on it. I don't remember last time I went on it. I just, I stay off of it as best as I can. Yeah. I, I was definitely thinking that it's going to be a great, you know, tool for, you know, digesting some information in a more layman type way. And then mm -hmm. it just, the more people you follow, it just devolves into petty arguments. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> we got to do something better with our time, you know, but I'm not speaking down on anybody, but it's just, it's just funny to, to watch sometimes. Yeah. I want to get into your job hunt and ending up landing at Saginaw Valley. So searching for a job, where do you kind of find a balance between really wanting a spot and getting emotionally invested in like, I can see myself here needing a job, but also making sure that you're, you're putting yourself into a good spot. You're not forcing yourself into a bad situation. You have to make sure first and foremost, you're, you're ready for the job. And 
I had a conversation with my wife, not this past fall, but the previous fall. Coming, like driving home from the Georgia game, I told my wife that I'm ready to be a director. Like, I don't, I don't know what it was about the game, but it's just something that was like building up inside of me. Like, I'm, I'm ready to take the next step. And so I called one of my mentors in the following week and was just talking to him. And he said, Good. He was like, But just know that just because you're ready doesn't mean the job's going to open up immediately. He said, You're ready now, but that job may not open up for another three, four years. And by that job, he meant the job that you see yourself fit for. So I had an interview for a director position at an FCS school that following summer in May and was offered the job. It, 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 wasn't, it wasn't a good fit for both my wife and I. And I told my wife, if it's not a good fit for us, it's not a good fit. It has to be for both of us. And so it was tough. Like I, here I have the opportunity to run a program. And it was football-only program. But I have to turn this job down because it wouldn't be a good situation for my wife either. For me, it would be. For her, it wouldn't be. And so I got to think about my wife as well because she sacrificed a lot. And it was difficult. And then I, for a moment there, I'm like that. I felt like I made a mistake. But then I went through this previous fall at summer and fall at Vandy. And I told my wife, if I thought I was prepared before, now I am. Now I am ready to go. And I need to go. I'm not thinking like an assistant anymore. I'm thinking about how I would do things as a director. And that could be both a good and a bad thing. But we both made it up in our minds that I think this is it. This will be the last season we are here because we're going to go all in on the hunt for a director role. And when I interviewed for, when I got the call at SVSU, I did the first two rounds of interviews and my wife was telling me, when they're bringing me on the campus, you're a serious candidate. And it's barring you don't botch it completely. It's it's a job that you're you're going to compete for. You're going to be one of the final candidates. And so before we scheduled the on per, the on campus interview and everything, and the flight and everything was booked, and my wife was telling me you need to take this job. And I'm like, Alina, I don't even know if I'm going to like it up there. I make it up there. I may not like the area. I may not like the campus. I may not like the school. I may get up there and be like, they're not investing in sports performance and they're not too keen on investing in sports performance. Or I may get up there and it's so disorganized. Despite the fact how great the people is, the disorganization is something that I can't deal with. Or I may get up there and completely botch it and they may not even offer me the job. So you have to first and foremost, you know, if you have a significant other, you have to make sure it's right for them. and. I told my wife flat out when I came back from my interview, if you tell me no, I will not take this job. If you tell me this is somewhere you don't want to be, or you tell me you have a better opportunity for work here in Nashville, I won't take the job. I don't want to sacrifice your career for mine. And you went through your doctorate program. It's, you know, and going up there, it was absorbing the area. You know, the AD picked me up from the airport. And we drove around. She was just showing me different towns and areas and talking to me about the history of Saginaw, Midland. And I'm absorbing everything she's saying, absorbing everything around me, all that being on like four hours of sleep from prepping for the interview the night before. Because I know I probably won't have time to prep the night of, like the night before the actual interview, I'm prepping the two nights before. So I'm already dead tired, dude. I'm like, I'm running on fumes at this point. I bit down the bullet and paid $6 for an energy drink at the airport and just pounded that sucker just because I know I got to have energy in me today. 
And then at night going to dinner with the O-line coach and the head football coach and just talking with them and getting their feel for it and their understanding. Like, listen, I'm going to be working with this team with football, so I want to know how the O-line coach is because he also was training the team at the time. They didn't have a director. He had to get a certification and, and train the team. So understanding, okay, is this going to be a situation to where I'm going to have him breathing down my neck? Because there, you never know. Like, I don't know these people. There could be some ego involved to where he was training them and now my training style is different and now he's going to be questioning me consistently. And so, okay, is this something I'm going to have to deal with when I get here? Talking with the head coach. How's the head coach philosophy? You know, is he a head coach who's just whose hands off, lets you do your thing or what? How's his personality? Getting to know him. And then the next day in the interview, they're showing me around campus, the facility, asking questions about the facility, asking questions about, okay, what about scheduling the indoor? How does that work? How does scheduling the stadium work? How does scheduling all these different multi-purpose areas and basketball court and everything work? How does the building hours work? Because the athletic building is attached to the rec center. So if the rec center is closed, is, is the athletic building closed? Can we have workouts that day? It's seeing how everything is structured there. And, you know, it's making sure that their philosophies match with your philosophies, making sure that what you want to do in building a program matches what they want to do, because you don't want to go into a situation to where you have any reasonable doubt and they don't value sports performance. This is going to be important to them. And then you come in and everything is brushed to the side and you are sitting here with no support. I felt full support from the coaching staff there. I had coaches telling me we take time off of the court or the field if you need more time in the weight room in the off season. Like we see the importance in it. And then I had coaches telling me, asking me, like, what's it like to be coached by you? Or our athletes love to train. I mean, they love to be in there. So how would you deal with this scenario? You know, and how would you deal with an athlete who just wants more, but you got to tell them no, because we have some athletes like that. And I'm hearing all of this and the most important thing for me was I knew that I was not tied to a coach there. I was tied to one person and that was the athletic director. And so it was making sure she and I were on the same page, making sure that our passion, our philosophies, our vision were in the same path and making sure we both wanted the same things because I came here to develop and enhance and excel this sports performance program. And if I don't have her support, then I have no support whatsoever. The support I have won't matter if I don't have her backing me on my side. And I felt that from her. I felt the support from her, from the way she was talking and the way she told me the second interview after that, we spilled the beans on staffing and everything. She told me after the first one, that was immediately, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little bit of support from her after the first interview. And then the fact that the AD was the one who picked me up and dropped me off to the airport. When I did the coaching session where I took our online coach who was on the hiring committee, both GAs, a sports medicine staff member, and the AD was in that coaching part of my interview where I'm taking them through a lift. And so I'm like, okay, the athletic director jumped in on this interview. So that's how important it is to her that she hires the right person because she wants to know how they coach. She wants to know what it's like to be coached by them. And I felt it. And I told my wife when I came home that I felt like home when I was there and I want to take this job. This job, it'll be a good role for me. It'll be a good learning experience for me. And the one thing I asked our athletic director on the way to the airport, I have to ask, we talked about the role as head strength and conditioning coach, but today we haven't talked about the assistant AD role. No point in my life did I ever look at myself and think I want to be an assistant AD. 
at no point. That was never in my thought process. I just want to be a director. I want to be a head strength coach. But now I have this other title to which we didn't really talk about it at all. So I'm asking her, so what exactly is the responsibilities of this role? Because we didn't really touch on it today. And she talked about that and what my responsibilities would be. And so in my head, I'm like, I've, I've never done been a head strength coach, but I'm prepared to do it. I don't know anything about being an assistant AD, but I'm prepared to do it after talking to her. Before I got out of the car to go into the airport, she told me the person who I hire for this position is going to be the CEO of their department. Person I hire, I'm going to trust them fully to run that department. And I'm not going to micromanage them because if I am, I hired the wrong person. It's all I needed to hear. The support is all I needed to hear. That's what I needed. And when I took the job, when she'd offered it to me and I accepted, she was pumped up. She was excited getting me fired up on the phone. She said that you're not going to have a lot of backlash here. You're not going to have a lot of people who push back here, but understand that if you do, I have your back every step of the way. You have me as support and I have your back every step of the way. And to me, it's like, I already accepted the job at that point. And now I'm hearing everything that I need to hear beforehand, you would think. But now she's just reiterating, like, I'm with you. I trust you. I want you. I have your back. You have my support. And I'm like, that's what I needed. That is what I needed to hear. I already felt great about the position. I didn't think I could feel any better, but now it's coming into it. I'm like, yeah, she's got my back. We're good. I'm good. As long as me and her are on the same page and we see eye to eye on things, this job is something that I'm going to do nothing but excel at because I have the support that's needed. So those are the things you have to look at. You have to first and foremost see, can I see myself being here? Do their visions, their principles, their mission align with mine? Do their goals align with mine? And the support, do I have the support? It's one thing to have the support of just the AD and not the coaching staff. That's a battle that you're going to have to win. But if you have the support of the coaches, it makes your job so much easier because you have no one questioning. And when I met with the basketball coach and both basketball coaches, I told them, listen, they asked me, are you okay with us being in the weight room watching lifts? I'm like, 100%. But it's one voice. It's my voice. That's my room. And I know what I'm doing. And if you have an issue with anything I'm doing, we sit down in my office, we talk about it afterwards, we hash it out. We'll figure out why you have an issue. Maybe you don't, I need to do a better job explaining it. But in that room, during anything strength and conditioning related, it is my voice. And if you are not okay with that, then I'm not the person you want as your strength coach. But that is my, that is the one thing. My one voice, my voice, if I need you to assist, if I need your help, I will ask you. But I will take everything. I will handle everything because they need my voice. They need to hear it from me. And they were full on board with it. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to get backlash from that. But no, they were like, 100%, you do your thing. We're going to sit back and watch and whatever you need us for, you need us for. Support. The head football coach came in and watched the first lift and he watched it. And he was just like, afterwards, he was like, look, I saw you do your thing. You had the control of everything. I'm, t- I'm taking a step back. The assistant coaches, no, like when I'm in that room, do not go and talk to them about football. I don't go through your individual drill talking about, oh, that squat session he had this morning, you know? So I don't go through team period on the sideline to guys and talk about the warm up from pre practice. So don't come into my room talking about film or talking about any of that. This hour that I have with them, this hour and a half is training, is what they need. You can talk to them afterwards about it, but essentially just let me do my thing and I'll give you the product that you need to put on the field, prepare them for play. And that's the support. And I felt it and I have it. And that's what you have to look at. Can you see yourself being there? Do your visions align and do you have the support? 
because the biggest thing will be if you don't have support, man, you're going to have a headache and you're going to be one foot in the door, one foot out. You're going to be taking a job. And while you're still starting out, figuring that job, searching for a new job. And that can't be because then you won't be all in on the position that you're in and they'll see it. Everyone around you will see it. Yeah, the authenticity goes a long way. And so just it's always, always refreshing, no matter how many times you hear it. I have your back. I support you and we're in this together, you know, especially from somebody administrative role. You know, I think that's just so valuable to have somebody in your corner that understands your role and they, they don't have to have been a strength coach to know that that is your space. It's just irreplaceable to have somebody in your corner like that. But mm -hmm. I think you've touched on it a lot with your past answer, but anything you want to add maybe for advice for young coaches, young people trying to get into the field, looking for that first spot for that first job and maybe getting into some of the situations that you've been in. Just reach out to strength coaches. There was a strength coach who I won't name that I reached out to and prided himself on helping others that just gave me like the brush off and just told me his website or something to go to. And then I reached out to Ken Manny at Michigan State and Ken Manny sent me five articles to read and then ended the email by saying, I'm going to call you tomorrow at this time to answer any questions the articles didn't answer. So right on the dot, Ken Manny calls me and we talked for an hour. At the end of the conversation, he said, listen, this is my cell phone. If you have any questions or you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out to me. But good luck with everything in this field. And if you need advice or anything in the future, let me know. And to me, that spoke wonders because here's a power five Big Ten strength coach who took time out of his day to help me, whereas this max strength coach wouldn't take time out of his day to talk to me for like five minutes. Ken Manny talked to me for almost an hour on the phone. So that to me spoke wonders. So I would reach out to coaches, set up phone calls or podcasters, you know, Zoom interviews, or just see if you can, if they're okay with you stopping by and visiting and build that connection. And then from there, everything else will start falling into play. All right. No worries. If not, we can end off with a little bit of a lightning round, three, four questions, and then we'll get you out of here. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. All right. First one, what do you believe in, in strength conditioning that others think you're crazy for believing in? Oh, okay. Okay. I got one now. I think we'll see, but I don't lie when I talk to recruits. A lot of recruiting is kind of for some coaches, not all coaches, for some coaches is kind of fluffing up a little bit about what to expect when you get there. I don't fluff it. I tell you exactly who I am. I tell you exactly how it's going to be. I tell you exactly how hard it's going to be as best I can in words. And I'm like, I'm not going to lie to you or sugarcoat it. Like if you're not ready to train, if you're not ready to work hard and you don't want to win, this probably isn't the place for you. And I'll tell recruits that come in through here now, like, I just got here. Our guys haven't gone through a full off season with me, but they will. And there may be some guys here who figure out this isn't for them here. Perfectly fine. But I don't lie to them. I don't sugarcoat them just to get them here because if I do, I'm not getting them. I don't know what I'm getting. And so they got to know what to expect from me. And I got to know that if you're here, then you're about winning. And you're about working hard and making sacrifices and you don't care how hard you work. So I don't lie in recruiting. I refuse to lie in that aspect. What's the fondest memory you have of your time as a strength and conditioning coach or a graduate assistant at Springfield or both? 
Springfield, my fondest memory would be I went on spring break trip with women's lacrosse and we were hanging out in one of the suites, all the coaches and players, all of us. And they played a trick on me and two other GAs, two other coaches, sport coaches for lacrosse. And it was like a game they were playing where it's like every third answer, they say yes. So you ask questions to figure something out and every third answer, they say yes to make you feel like you're getting closer and closer to the answer. The other two GAs figured it out. I didn't figure it out. I just kept going. But then then we played like other games, but then they saw that human side of me more. And it was no longer like that tough strength coach anymore. It was like Coach Fahad, the jokester, Coach Fahad, the, you know, the person who laughs and jokes around and everything. And so that led to one day they walked in the weight room after practice and they looked dog tired, dead. And it was a recovery day and we're foam rolling and I'm looking at them rolling and then rolling out and I'm playing music that they like. And it, I don't know how we got to, but we ended up having a dance party at the end of the recovery session to which it was me and three other players, three other girls. And that's when they were just like, one of the, one of the girls was like, I didn't know Coach Rahaka dance. And, one of, and she was like, it just doesn't make any sense. And I overheard it and I'm just, I'm laughing. Cause then again, they're seeing a side of me that they never saw. So that would be Springfield. And then fondest memory at Vanderbilt would be, we went to overtime with Old Miss. This was 2018, the year we went to the bowl game. We had to win our last two games. Second to last game of the season, we go into overtime with Old Miss. And I think it was double overtime. No, it was regular overtime. And then they're driving down the field, driving down fourth and goal throw the core of the end zone and Juwan Williams, our corner, knocks the ball away and we all just storm and rush the field. And then the following week, we just beat the crap out of Tennessee, which was awesome, and go to a bowl game. And so that I think would be my best memory at Vandy and Springfield. Dude, I remember that moment. That was insane. That had to be one of the biggest moments in Vanderbilt football history, I think, in my opinion. I don't know if you disagree with that. Yeah, one of the biggest, I would say yes. I think another one that trumps that was this past year would be Florida for the first time since like 1981 or something, which was awesome. But no, I just remember because the thing is like those two games, if we had beat Tennessee this past year, that would have trumped the moment because then it's we knock off number 23, Kentucky, knock off Florida and then beat Tennessee to go to a bowl game. But yeah, no, that Ole Miss game probably took about three years off of my life, how stressed out I was during that game towards the end so all right what or who are your go-tos for professional development right now what are you learning are you reading anything uh podcasts you like anything my go-to resource i always go to i'd always pick up the phone and call is joel welsh who's the director at central michigan and i mean he was an intern he was a springfield guy he interned he was an assistant at iowa when i was an intern and you know joel is always the first person i call I remember when I got this job here, I called him. I mean, he screamed. I texted him, and he text, calls me 30 minutes later, just freaking screaming on the phone in excitement. But that that would be the first person I pick up and call. A book that I read that changed the way I program is called This System, and it's by Johnny Parker. And I'm reading that book and how you break down the volume of the different lifts and the intensities and how to structure your lifts just changed my whole style of programming. And it's how I program now. And I, I look at that as I look at the system as the Bible of strength and conditioning right now for me, my Bible. And it's what I always resort and look back to and look towards when I'm stuck programming or anything. So those would be my two go-tos. 
Joel always tells me what I need to hear. And I know any questions I have in terms of my job and sitting in the role and the different political issues I have to deal with with my job because as a head strength coach and assistant AD, you're going to have to deal with the politics of it. He's the guy who I go to and he talks me through different scenarios, lets me know am I on the right path, am I doing the right thing or not. And from a programming standpoint, it's him and it's the system. I recommend that book to anybody in strength and conditioning. It doesn't matter if you're just getting into it or if you've been in it for six, 10 years and you haven't read that book yet. Change the way you program. Where can people reach out to you if they want to ask you questions or hit you up, set up a site visit? What's the best way to reach you? You can email me. It's FM, so first initial, and then Malik is my middle name. So FM, Jindan at svsu.edu. From there, I just give people my cell phone number. And, you know, when they email me, I'm faster in responding to text, but when they email me, I'll just my cell phone number is always tagged on the signature of my email, but usually I just tell them, hey, here's my cell phone. Just you know, reach out to me. I know some people reach out to me through Instagram, which is at coach underscore Fahad J, something like that. But any which way, email, DM me on Instagram. A couple of people DM me on Instagram. And from there, we just I usually set up phone calls and talk to people on the phone. I think that's the easiest way to do it, honestly. All right. Well, Coach, I want to thank you for your time. I really appreciate you coming on this and helping me get this thing started and recording an episode with me. And I think we're going to split it into a two-parter. So I want to thank everybody for sticking with us through two episodes. If you have any questions, if you have any feedback, reach out to me. But I want to thank everybody for their time and thanks for listening. See you on the next episode.